now, 7.34. Talk of air pollution has been particularly noticeable this spring. From news headlines to online blogs, we were just hearing about how Seoul schools are dealing with rising numbers of pollutants and how to keep children indoors, maybe even affecting school hours on particularly polluted days. So it seems people are, if not already, they're certainly getting fast fed up with bad air quality. A local civic group even filed a lawsuit against the Korean and Chinese governments asking for compensation. Matthew Shapiro is a professor of political science at the Illinois Institute of Technology and now joins us to discuss how to work around the issue as he looked into the political economy surrounding air pollution in Northeast Asia. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Thanks for having me. Um, Just firstly, are we seeing a particularly serious problem with the air in this part of the world? Uh, in East Asia, uh, relative to other regions, I would say it's pretty bad, but um, it's not necessarily the worst. Uh, th- what's encouraging is, at least in China, you do see, uh, and I'm going to be focusing on uh, particulate matter uh, 2.5 um micrometers or less, so PM 2.5. That's that's really what I'm focusing on here, not just air pollution in general. In China, air pol- PM 2.5 concentrations have ac- actually decreased um, from 2010 to 2015. The place where things appear to be the worst based on World Health Organization data is uh, in India and Pakistan, especially the cities in those areas. Uh, and that is about two to three times more unhealthy than Beijing, so that means about six times more unhealthy than Seoul. And just to clarify, PM 2.5 or less, they are the smallest size of particles, and they're generally produced by combustion, by burning. Um, PM 2.5 is produced, well, certainly they get smaller than PM 2.5. There's a PM 2 number, but PM 2.5 is important because it is the size of particles that you can actually uh, inhale and have it pass directly into your bloodstream because it is uh, so small. It's only about 3% of the diameter of a human hair. So um, this is this is why it's uh, the more pressing issue. We don't cough this up. It actually internalizes. So, if, uh, yeah, if it is uh, through combustion and there are carcinogens embedded uh, in it, which is largely the case when you have the yellow dust come into uh, Korea during the springtime months, um, you're going to get a lot of more unhealthy individuals, lots of respiratory problems especially. Yeah, I mean, to put that in perspective, cigarette smoke would be filled with PM 2.5, but many of us choose not to smoke. We can't choose not to breathe in the air. Um, You use the word pollution haven, though, in describing China's status in the world economy. So despite the improvement in China, can you give us the context there? Well, yeah, that's a good point. If uh, China is improving, how can it be considered a pollution haven? Pollution haven is polluting entities, any entity that produces uh, and generates pollution. Let's just think about manufacturing firms, for example. They move their operations to places, uh, countries like China, in in the case of my research, that have laxer environmental regulations. And, and they do this in order to save costs. Um Now, in China, we have evidence of the pollution haven hypothesis because many foreign entities have moved there over time. Over time in the past, 
they're doing it not only to take advantage of laxer environmental standards, but also to take advantage of the cheap labor that's traditionally been there. But lots of things have changed. Uh, and, and by the way, it's not just lax environmental standards. It's also lax enforcement of standards. And so when I talk about change today, uh, a lot of it has to do uh, with the, um, the enforcement of these existing environmental regulations. The Ministry of the Environment, the latest change in the Ministry of the Environment has reflected quite a bit uh, calling out the local politicians who incentivize these foreigners and these outsiders to come to their regions in order to set up operations and thus bolster the local economy. This is, this is the kind of change uh, that is reflecting the decrease in pollution in PM 2.5 in recent years, I think. Yes. I mean, I've spoken to local experts who've suggested that what's happening here in South Korea as well is, is the lack of enforcement of regulations and scaling back of regulations that's allowing more pollutants, even plans to erect more coal-powered plants, which is particularly disturbing. You know, of all the things that have upset people about the Park administration, this one is not sadly top of the list when perhaps it should be very close to it uh, given the health effects that you've already touched on um, yeah. but the environment ministry here blames abroad particularly china for about 76 percent of fine dust blowing in can you address that claim for us right um well i i think that when you survey the data the even the lower end estimates, 20 to 30 percent, for example, from the Greenpeace study uh, or the Yale um, study, uh, they actually are uh, still showing that, you know, 20 to 30 percent of the PM 2.5 coming from abroad uh, originating in China, that's still a significant amount. Yeah. This 76 percent number could very well be um, a, a different study. So we have a range. Uh, what's important is that um, Korea does contribute in some way to this China-based air pollution. And uh, the unfortunate uh, thing is that I haven't yet quantified how much that's the case. What, what I'm doing now is just initiating a research project that looks at the extent to which China-based air pollution is the result of Korean investment in China, that pollution haven practice that I was just talking about. It, it's not really easy to do because there's virtually no data at the relevant sources of pollution in China, namely Korean FDI-related firms in China, foreign direct investment-related firms in China. And without this information, all we can do is create a model that connects FDI flows from Korea, as well as from Japan and from the U.S., to Chinese pollution. And, and, and so um, this is my ongoing project right now to uh, identify exactly how this is happening. But that does add a whole other level in terms of our own responsibility in South Korea, the idea yeah. that the investment we are making abroad impacts on the health of the South Korean population. That's right. And if the wind were blowing in other direction, it may not even be relevant to raise these points. But because it's blowing back into Korea, people are certainly going to be a little more interested. Yes, I'm sure you're right. Um, but, I mean, generally air pollution is transboundary. It, of course, does not respect borders, needs no passport. Uh, how can regional governments actually effectively work together to tackle this problem when we can't even get them to enforce regulations within their own borders? I think that regional efforts are um, 
actually the best way forward. I uh, am an optimist, and I think that uh, multilateral efforts uh, like those at the United Nations are are promising and show uh, a global effort. But when you reduce the number of players, uh, namely the number of act, uh, the number of uh, countries that are involved, this allows there to be a much greater chance of successful coordination. Um, I also think that when the issue is framed in terms of health costs, uh, it will make the problem much more salient to everyone and is much more likely to prompt policymakers to act and encourage cross-national coordination to address the problem. Um, and these health costs and the number of projected deaths over time are in the millions each year. Um, and in, in Northeast Asia, th- this is actually happening. Uh, there are meetings annually among the environmental ministers of Japan, China, and Korea. Um, what I believe, though, is that these meetings are unsubstantial in terms of addressing some of the more fundamental issues that contribute to the problem, like FDI, what we've been talking about. Whatever path is taken, environmental issues like transboundary air pollution have to be better modeled and connected to the underlying socioeconomic causes. And then we can identify the necessary next steps. You have also been analyzing the local media's coverage of pollution. Uh, And we've seen a lot of that lately. To be honest, sometimes it's gone a bit overboard. I've been in Korea for several years and I've sometimes felt like... um, a lone voice uh, addressing this issue because uh, I, you know, I, I've seen a lot of friends just walking around oblivious to this problem. But you know, everyone seems to be talking about it now, which you know, on the one hand, is great, but at the same time, we have to address it in the right way. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that, uh, and and again, this is another aspect of the research that I'm doing. I'm just now uh, engaging in a framing experiment. In fact, it's launching today. So hopefully I won't be creating any major bias among your audience mm-hmm. uh, by uh, or creating any major bias for my sample if they're among the listeners to your program. Um, and basically what we want to do is understand what happens when people hear different frames about the problem, whether it's a pollution haven frame, whether it's a uh, China, China blame uh, frame or whether it's some combination of the two. The truth is, it's a combination of the two. And from these different frames, uh, we intend to assess a willingness to effect change, willingness to uh, change opinions. And um, we're also going to be examining a number of other aspects of people's uh, perceptions towards air pollution, PM 2.5, uh, how they use, uh, how they use uh, things like masks, uh, in uh, their normal day-to-day activities, how they uh, use air pollution purifiers. Um, so there is a, a survey aspect to it as well, but this experimental yes. aspect is also really important. Yeah, I mean, because as I was just hinting before, with the media coverage lately, even on relatively clean days, and you can monitor this through apps, people are walking around more and more with masks on. And um, yes, sometimes people wear masks for their own reasons, but you can see a noticeable spike in the the number of masks being worn on perhaps days when it's less necessary. Uh, We do need to educate ourselves. We do need to be holding the government to account. We need to be somehow finding ways to putting pressure on regional authorities. Maybe your research can help us with that. I just want to ask one more question, and that is, for me, the big one. How realistic is it for a government like ours to radically switch policy towards renewables 
and for industry leaders to follow suit. We know China's been making steps in that direction, and it seems like that is the fundamental solution here. Well, yeah, I'm maybe an optimist, and I do side with you. I think it is realistic. I, I don't think it's likely today, given this continued focus on coal and the shift away from cleaner burning nuclear energy. I, um, I don't know what the next uh, executive in South Korea, what, what um, his or her position will be going forward. Um, I do know that it is crucial to halt any sort of plan for continued construction on of coal plants, and um, this is uh, this is actually critical if there's going to be any new shift beyond coal. Uh, it's pretty remarkable that Korea has regressed in that in that sense. Mm. Um, but I, uh, I I do think that uh, I do think that the general public's awareness of this problem is not necessarily as uh, as strong as it could be. So. No. Another aspect of this experiment is to address that issue and, and understand what people think about, you know, the bioethanol mandate or um, whether or not they're willing to pay a price for uh, a health cost, for example, well, for cheaper energy. Well, we are a very health conscious population. And if that was spelled out in a real way uh, through more campaigning, as we've seen with cigarettes, for example, Perhaps that would yeah. be more effective. Professor Shapiro, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Matthew Shapiro there out of the Illinois Institute of Technology. We're getting a lot of uh, interest around the world in our own air pollution. We had NASA here last year. If you want to text us your thoughts, pound a sharp 1013 for 51 per message.